Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Betsy Sinclair. Betsy is the co-founder of Magnify Your Voice, which connects like-minded people to solve civic, political, and environmental projects. Hi, Betsy. Hi, Mish. I'm so glad I met you. When I looked up Magnify Your Voice, I mean, it's just brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. But when I talked to you about it, one of the things you said that just, I can't get it out of my head is that whole idea of micro-volunteerism. Tell me. Well, thanks, Mish. Today, we're seeing people across the world on their phones The Pew Internet and American Life Project reports that people ages 18 to 35 are spending between five and seven hours a day on social media. I believe it. I see it all the time. I see moms on the sidelines at soccer practice and dads waiting in the pickup line. Everybody's just looking at their phones. And it seems to me that if we could capture just a small amount of that attention and lend that attention towards engagement in our communities, we could really make the world a better place. Now, lots of organizations that need a little bit of help. There are big things that the world needs, of course, but there are also lots of small ways in which we can take little actions. So here are a couple examples. There is an organization we're working with that was their lease was running out. They needed a new, better building. And they put up a project on Magnify to ask helpers to say, could you help us find a new building? Here's the kind of parameters we need. And people could spend a couple of minutes on their phone asking a friend or looking things up online, looking things up on Zillow. And before you knew it, that nonprofit had a new building, a better building that they could lease. So I think there's a really neat way here in which we can reward the people who are not bagging their recycling, who are volunteering at polling places, who are taking these very small actions in our communities that are really the glue of society in in a large sense. Um, For the small actions they're taking, these kinds of micro-volunteering tasks to say thank you. And that's really critical for what we do at Magnify. So I love it. And let's talk about your background. Like who is Betsy outside of Magnify Your Voice? So you, you've, you've got the goods to make something like this happen. So well, I, I let's came, talk about it. I came to Magnify um, from, in some sense, an unconventional entrepreneurial background. So I'm a professor at Washington University in St. Louis, where I specialize in the study of political behavior with a particular eye towards understanding how our families, friends, and neighbors influence our behaviors and choices. I've written two books on the subject. So the first, The Social Citizen, thinks about how we influence and are influenced by our social networks in terms of taking actions, making choices. And my second book, A Connected America, thinks about how we can be better digital citizens. And I'm a full professor now. And that means that um, I have a little more flexibility in terms of my research trajectory. So I started thinking a lot about how I could take my research and translate it into providing a tool that was accessible to my community and that met a need that I saw was not being met by other products in this marketplace. In particular, I think we can all agree that the world of conventional social media is really not meeting our civic and social needs. The Wall Street Journal this week has been running this long set of series about the failures of Facebook, how it makes people lonelier, it makes people angrier. 
um, in particular things like how Instagram is really terrible for teens. And I think we all are looking around and thinking, well, we really want to be connected to our communities, but how do we do it in a way that makes people happy? Right. And I thought, well, I sit in this really unique position. I have a PhD from Caltech, so I know how to build things. Um, and this really interesting background of thinking about how we can use our networks to make us happier. And I thought it's time to provide the community with a tool that I think meets the need. You are so speaking my language. I, so um, if anybody goes to Medium, medium.com and look me up. I did a video about something similar about, you know, listen, there are things you can do to make your online world better. And one of the things that a lot of people found surprising is, you know, when someone would say to me, oh, I just, I can't stand Facebook. It's so negative. I'm like, okay, so wait, when I go to Facebook, it's a lovely supportive community of people. What that means is, is the Facebook algorithm realizes that Miss Sure likes positive information. Miss clicks on positive, Miss engages with positive. So there's no reason for Facebook to send me anything negative. And it's the same with just your online presence. I'm a marketer. I know how this works, you know, with, with the little pieces, your little digital bits that you're leaving out there, letting the internet know, here's what I'm interested in. Here's what I want to see. Here's what you should market to me. And if you are engaging with that negative news stories, what have you, that's what you're going to keep getting fed. So you can change what you see on in the digital space. Yes, I think that's right. I mean, the each of these algorithms is out there designed to be personalized and targeted to you. And I think one of the tricky things, Mesh, is most people aren't as careful curators as you are. And so we're sort of as human beings predisposed to look for things that make us feel anxious or worried or fearful, because those are the things that keep us scrolling. And if you look at social media that's based in advertising, the incentive for the social media company is to keep you scrolling through the page so you see one ad after yes. another. Exactly. And so as human beings, we're not very good about curating our digital spaces. And I think the reality is there is another model out there. It's just not usually used in social media. And that model actually comes from the social sciences. It's called the cycle of intimacy. And you see it in companies um, that have really taken advantage of it in things like Peloton. So everyone I know who has a Peloton bike loves their Peloton bike. They're like 10 out of 10. And I have to tell you that I think riding a stationary bike inside sounds kind of lame. So I'm always like, how can this be? Like you're <laughs> riding you a stationary it? bike. I'm with you. I'm like, in no, your house I, by yourself. I don't want to do it. <laughs> but Peloton bike uses the cycle of intimacy. So to have the cycle of intimacy, you need three things. First, you need to be part of an affinity group. So you participate as part of a team with a coach. You need to like have some group that you belong to. The second is you need to take an action, no matter how banal and pedestrian. <laughs> and the third is you need praise. So you need to get ah, high fives. Uh, you need kudos. Ah. You need a leaderboard. And that's what they do, right? They're they like, do way that. to go. And You're you really feel doing it. You're killing it. So with the ah. point of Peloton bike, it isn't the stationary bike. It's the cycle of intimacy it's... paired with the product that makes people happy. Very and so cool. At, at Magnify, what we're doing here is we're, we're putting the cycle of intimacy into micro-volunteering so that I we can build community with organizations where you participate as part of an affinity group. You take a whole slew of actions, some small and some big. Some are just community building activities, like sharing right. a recipe with a friend. It doesn't have to be something 
that is, you know, so big is to show up and volunteer. Although we encourage people to do those things too. Sure. Um, and then you get praise. So it's gamified. You get badges, you can get, you know, kudos from friends for actions and comments and you move up on a leaderboard. It's um, so great. So I think of this as a civic Fitbit. Um, it rewards those kinds of actions for building community in the same way that um, you might think, well, civics isn't very sexy, but I can say like, neither is riding a stationary bike, but we can make it fun by bringing social science to this kind of problem. Oh my gosh. Amazing soundbite, by the way, civic Fitbit. I love it. <laughs> so, okay. So tell us about, I mean, you, so you shared the one about the, the folks looking for another building. Tell us some other magnify your voice presences out there that are really exciting. We collaborate with a pretty broad range of organizations. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you two examples. One is which we've built, um, a mobile app for the St. Louis Jewish Federation called JBuzz STL. And it's super cute. It has a little B icon as um, their design. But uh, one of the things I think is so cool has been how it's been meeting the needs of people during the pandemic. And so I think particularly for older adults who have been really um, experiencing this dual pandemic, both the virus, but also this extreme loneliness, right. um, particularly before there was a vaccine, um, but even afterwards now with some of, you know, the concerns about breakthrough cases and, you know, grandchildren visiting, you think people are really lonely. And so one of the coolest sets of projects that we've seen for people building community have been projects that you wouldn't expect, but that make people feel really happy. So an example is sharing pictures of pets. So we've seen these projects take off where people yep. are sharing pictures of their pets and it makes people happy. And, you know, because JBuzz STL is really a tool that's built to to build community and no one's monetizing that data. We're not selling anyone ads. People can really share in a space that is exactly what you said you've done to curate your own space to make it positive. Um, and, and I love that. I love that kind of community. That's so cool. What a great project. Yes. And so the second one I want to tell you about is actually a group of WashU students. So there's a professor in international relations named Professor Will Nomikos. And he's teaching a class on environmental policy. And one of the things he's having his students do each week is to think about how they can be engaged. Because I think when you study environmental policy in an age of, con in, you know, an age of climate change with so much conflict in the world politically, it's easy for students to lose hope. And I think Professor Nomiko's message has been, you know, the, the cure um, for that sense of paralysis that you have about a, you know, a world where there's climate catastrophe is action. So take action and the action that you take combined with the action of your classmates will give you hope. And so he gives the students small tasks to do each week that have to do with action. And then he asks them to share them with their classmates and beyond. And it's been remarkable to see how these students are taking small actions, but then spreading it to other students and sometimes their friends and sometimes their parents. And that together, then it builds this real community of hope. And I think those it's are good so examples. lovely because it's, you know, you feel, because we do, we look, you know, I think as human beings, we feel like, what, well, what can I do? I mean, you look around and you're like, this is not looking great. Like, and, but you know, I don't know how to solve this problem and it, and it is because the problem's huge, but as a community, everybody doing that little bit. Yes. I boom. think. That's the point of Magnify. We solve what political scientists call the collective action problem, where you look out into the world and you think, 
well, mine is just one voice. How can I change anything? And the point is that's oftentimes true if it's just one voice, but every single person is embedded in some kind of network, some kind of family, some kind of neighborhood. And if we can make it easier for your voice to be magnified by the voices around you, we can actually make positive change. And the way we do that in the social sciences is by making it more visible when you bring your community. So we do things like when you follow a project, you can see the names of the other people who are also following a project. And it makes it easier to see that you're not alone. So it makes it a little bit easier to take that action, but it also gives a little bit of accountability to people. Right. So I think all of us have had friends ask, for example, hey, could you um, you know, buy Girl Scout cookies or donate to a 5K event for a disease that you might not have even heard of? And we could say, well, we all are subject to these calls to action, even if we don't explicitly think about them as such. Right. And if we could put it on a platform where we could see, hey, look at all these people in our community who are doing these really terrific things on a day-to-day -day basis, I think we can do a little bit better as a species. Oh my gosh. This gives, this like gives so much hope to people. I mean, I just, I, I gotta tell you. And, and it was interesting because the way we met, I was so happy that you chatted in the chat box. Um, every month I do a free workshop for SCORE and, you know, it's all about like getting your social media up to snuff kind of thing. Here's different things that you need to know about and do. And sometimes the people who are participating will add in their information. You know, this is my name. This is my company. And Betsy put hers in there. And I thought, well, that looks really, what does she do? And then I started looking it up. I'm like, I have to talk to her. This is really interesting. So I, you know, I, for me personally, you know, I'm, I'm, yes, I'm giving a class and sharing information with these folks, but I get so much back from doing it when I get to meet amazing people. I was well, so, thank I you. love building community with you, Mish. It's I think you're already doing great. a lot. You are exactly our target user here because you are already <laughs> doing all these kinds of leadership. Betsy and, and I have discussed more to come on, on what my Magnify Your Voice community is going to look like. I'm excited about it. Oh gosh, this is awesome. And so, I've learned so much from SCORE, I have to say. As an organization, I'm so yes. grateful that they exist in St. Louis. I have a they sales really coach are. from SCORE and- I think SCORE helps small businesses drive. So thank yeah. you for your volunteer. And learn business. how to, to, to do business. I mean, it's, you know, it's one thing to know how to do what you're really good at. It's a whole other thing to actually know how to make a business grow. Yes. <laughs> it's like a whole other skill set that you need to get at some point, folks. Um, so I've got some fun questions for you. Are you ready? Yes. I kind of stalked you a little bit, so. <laughs> but this was, I came across this on Facebook and I loved it. I wanna know which household member is streaming movies in Spanish. Uh, I have a 10 year old who's been working on learning Spanish. And um, I would very much love to be able to be fluent in another language, but I'm not, but he's doing an amazing job. So we've figured out now how to watch Netflix in Spanish. That's so cool. Now, you know, he, he, he could also watch something in English, but you could turn on the Spanish subtitles. That's an amazing idea. We've been watching TV in Spanish, but sometimes with English subtitles. It depends on how quickly the conversation is going. He's much better at it than I am. At this He's at point. a great age though. That's yeah. where, you know, that's one of the bummer things. So I actually, 
I, I want to say used to be fluent in Spanish because I lived in, I did school in Spain for a year. It takes me a bit to get it back. But um, the I lived with an amazing family and part of my role in the family was have dinner with the kids, help the kids with their homework, which I think is one of the big reasons why I was able to catch on to Spanish so fast. But, um, you know, the kids, they were learning English and German. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, that was part of their coursework when they were little kids, you know, so wouldn't be a bad idea for the United States to just say, um, okay. So then you're from Chicago originally. I grew up in Los Angeles, you but I used to Los work Angeles. at the University of Chicago. Yes. Ah, okay. My Gosh, previous this, job before I was recruited at Washington. This could be a dual question there. Is there a hidden gem in Los Angeles and or Chicago we should know about? Well, I think the Lakefront Trail in Chicago is just extraordinary. It's a bike path that goes, you know, all the way across the city. And I just think it's extraordinary. When I first moved to Chicago, I didn't realize how much of that city, um, you know, the rhythms of the city and the patterns of light and weather are so mediated by the water. So I feel like that's the, you know, the, it's the outdoors. And in Los Angeles, I would say there are so many hidden gems. So it's hard to know which one to characterize. But I think I would say the Huntington Gardens, which is a botanical gardens in Pasadena. Ah, okay. Um, which is a, it's a, famous library and it curates really world-class gardens. So those are my two favorites. Thank you for that. For everyone traveling to Chicago or LA, here you go. Things to do. All right. I ask everybody this question. This is going to be an easy one for you. Um, have you witnessed, received, or given kindness lately? And, and just talk about something around kindness that you've witnessed, received, or given. I'm going to give a shout out here to the Wash U Scandalaris Center. So with Magnify, I felt like, like what you just said about what SCORE does for businesses. So I, I didn't start this process of building Magnify with a business background, nor as an entrepreneur, but as a professor. And so this has been building a business and building a business that serves, um, you know, builds community building organizations. Um, has been a learning process. And the WashU Scandalera Center connected me with a program called the NSF I-Corps. And I've been so grateful for their mentorship. And I've been so grateful for the Scandalera Center for taking time to teach a professor as well as their other students. So those are That's two so groups cool. that have given me so much kindness. Woohoo! Betsy, where can we find everything about Magnify Your Voice? Well, you can go to our website, which is www.magnifyyourvoice.com or just email us at team at magnifyyourvoice.com. We'd love and you to have a Facebook you. page. Yes, we're on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And, and Instagram, look at you guys go. Good job. I hope you got some good social media information from someone at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, Mish, we're much more active on LinkedIn after your score lesson. Oh, uh, so. good. <laughs> Thank yes. you very LinkedIn much LinkedIn is a place to be. I know there's a, it, it's, it's a lot. And I always tell people, you don't feel like you have to do everything at once, but if it makes sense for you to be in all these places, then go for it, you know? just helps you get magnify your own voice about magnify your voice. So it's awesome. Thanks. Betsy, thank you so much. Thank you yes. for all you do. I will be working on my magnify your voice page soon. Cause I am crazy excited about 
this amazing idea. More to come on that one, guys. Uh, so you've been listening to Mishmash Podcast and please have wonderful and amazing days. We love you. See you next time. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye.